welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Oh, amen, amen. Can we give God a big round of applause this morning? He's so worthy. He's so faithful. He's so good. I'll tell you what, Core Church, you are spoiled rotten with amazing worship team, amazing leaders, speakers, pastors. They are second to none. You guys are so blessed. And I know Pastor Nick, wherever he's in the world, he's probably watching me now, and I'll do my best, Pastor Nick, to do justice to this incredible pulpit this morning. But can you thank your pastors, your worship team as well this morning? They're amazing folks, and it's a real honor to be able to stand here uh, this morning and preach God's Word. If you've got your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 9. I'm going to be reading a few verses from that uh, today. And while you guys are turning in your Bibles to that, um, I'll give you guys just a little report on what's been happening um, in, in Jacksonville in the Springs Church. We did, um, we do consider it such an honor, yeah. such an honor to be here with you all this morning. Um, we've got some great friends here, we've got some family here. Uh, a lot of memories, a lot of history here. Uh, I gave my life to Christ as a 12-year-old kid because of uh, this church, because of Pastor Nick and many others who stood in the, in the gap and um, uh, it, it had this church right here uh, all those years ago. Um, and then, uh, as Pastor Stephen was saying about Sarah, it was actually Sarah moved down to Dundalk because she flirted to convert. She came down, she got me, and she came in, and we got married here on this, uh, in this church, myself and Sarah. And uh, we have uh, two kids, Killian and Dervla. We moved, uh, it's actually eight years ago now, which is hard to believe. It was eight years ago uh, that we moved from Cork to Florida. We couldn't understand all of the dynamics that was taking place at the time, only that God was in it. And um, it's been a journey. And how many of you know that when you're serving the Lord, you're just along for the journey? I mean, God is, does the work and you just have to trust him, walk with him, believe him, serve him. And uh, we've been in a, a really immense season in the life of, this, of the, the Springs Church in Jacksonville. And I do give you my greetings from all the pastoral staff there. Um, back around the summertime uh, last year, Pastor John Bailey, who planted the church, who I'd been working under, uh, he came and he approached and he mentioned that he felt a call to work with World Challenge, which is in Colorado, working with Gary Wilkerson. And, um, and so uh, he asked me if I was interested and if I feel uh, right to take on the senior pastor role at the Springs Church through prayer. Um, we, we took on that role. We were voted in back in December um, as the senior pastors. And it's been, uh, it's been a very busy season for us in the life of our church. But it's been incredible because, um, you know, one of the, some of the things that have happened, just to give you a report, just that God is on the move, just to encourage you as a church. Uh, when I came there, and I know Pastor Hamp will have an insight into this too, coming from this region, is that the, the, it is a Bible Belt region, but a lot of the church planting that's been taking place in the region are all centered in very, uh, in, in all of the same areas church planting takes place. And uh, when we got there, you see in some way, shape, or form, a little bit of competition that creeps into uh, the church. But as we were there, the Lord was blessing the work, God was moving, and we were coming to a place that we needed to move buildings 
and we were looking at one place. We were at the end of uh, one workday. We were sitting around. We had picked out a building that we were going to move into, but none of us felt right about it. None of us felt good about it. And so we were we prayed about it, and we got up to leave. And there was a knock on our office door, and there was a gentleman at the door. Uh, we thought he was a, a homeless person showing up, so we're going to get him a bag of groceries. But he turned out to be an elder at a Baptist church that was down the road uh, that had been in the community for over 70 years. And they had been looking on at the Springs Church and how we were reaching the next generation. And they said, hey, we, we don't know everything, but we know that we're in a place that we need to hand off what's going on here. And so they came in and they donated their property. They donated everything. And they said, hey, we just want to be part of the Springs Church. And so their, their prayer, um, we became the answer to that. And, and, and our prayer day became the answer to that. And so we're in the middle of a building project at the moment. When we get home, we're going to be getting ready to move into that. And then in the middle of this journey, as Pastor John was transitioning out, um, this other pastor in a rural part of uh, Jacksonville, on the west side of Jacksonville, came knocking on the doors. He'd been serving for over 30 years. The church had been there for over 100 years. It was a Pentecostal church. And they came in and they came knocking on the door. And they came and said, if, if we would be up for it, would we come in and start a church uh, on the west side, so that church wouldn't have to just become commercial property or whatever it is. And so this year, in the midst of everything that's going on, uh, we're going to be moving into our uh, new building on June 12th, and then we're going to be also starting our first work in a rural part of Florida, because we believe God's got a purpose and God's got a, a, a reason for the, for even for some of these rural forgotten areas uh, of Jacksonville, Florida as well. And so God is in the middle of it all. I just came here to let you know God is still on the move. God is still on the throne. He's still doing incredible things. And if life wasn't busy enough, we decided we'd have our third baby this year as well. So you all pray for us as we go through uh, this busy season in the life of church. Are you ready for God's word this morning? Can you say amen? All right, God, I pray, Lord, you'd bless the word this morning. Thank you for this time, Lord, in your presence. Thank you for being with us. Lord, we sense that you're here. We know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of your mouth. So God, I pray you bless it in Jesus' mighty name. And God, I pray that Aston Villa would beat Man City today and Liverpool would win the league. Everybody said amen this morning. The, the word that I'm preaching to you, the title of it is A Donkey's Destiny. And uh, if we were back in the Springs Church, it's a bit cheesy here in Cork, but I would ask you to turn to your neighbor and just say, Ehaw, but I'm not going to do that today because that is a bit cheesy over here. So we'll get right into the word. First Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 to 6 says this. It says, There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish. He was the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Becherah the son of Aphia, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. And there was not a more handsome person than he among the children of Israel. He must have been on the court church video announcements here uh, on Sunday morning. From his shoulders upward, he was the taller than any of the people. Now verse 3 says that the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. And he said to his son, Saul, please take one of the servants with you and arise, go and look for the donkeys. So he passed through the mountains of Ephraim and through the land of Shalisha, and they did not find them. Then they passed through the land of Shalim, and they were not there either. And then he passed through the land of the Benjamites, but they did not find them. When they had come to the land of Zeus, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. And he said to him, 
Look now, there is in this city a man of God. And he is an honorable man in all he says. Surely, everything that he says surely comes to pass. So let us go there and perhaps he will show us the way that we should uh, go. And so we're going to take a look at this passage of Scripture from 1 Samuel chapter 9, where it's an interesting situation because the context around this is that uh, Israel had been uh, governed by judges for a season of time, but now the uh, children of Israel are becoming restless, and they, uh, they call out to Samuel, who was a prophet, the person who represented the Word of God in Israel at the time, and they began to say, we, you know, we want a king. We want to be like the other nations. Give us a king uh, that could rule over us. And Samuel begins to be discouraged by this, but God speaks to Samuel and says, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me, listen to them. And he begins to set in motion this plan to set up a king in Israel in this person of Saul. And so in chapter 10, if you were to go forward one chapter, it is Samuel coming and he's anointing Saul as the first king over Israel. But it's interesting that in the, this chapter that we just read in, we are introduced to the life of Saul, not through his anointing as a king, but in his experience of losing something from his father's house. There's something that's lost from his father's house. And his father sends him out to go and recover that which has been, uh, that which has been lost in the father's house in the form of these lost donkeys. The journey begins at a place of loss. And I think if we are to be honest with each other, when it comes to our, uh, our, our journey, when it comes to that time of salvation, it's when we begin to understand the depths of our loss, that's when we can begin to come a glimpse of the greatness of the salvation that God's got for us. Actually, Martin Luther said it like this. He said, it's the acknowledgement of sin that is the beginning of salvation. And so Saul begins to move into this, uh, this, thing called, this recovery mode. He comes into this recovery mode. And I don't know about you, but if there's anything that I just don't enjoy doing, it's working towards recovering of something that was rightfully mine in the first place, if you know what I'm talking about. Like, it's like when you lose your keys in, in, in your house and you've got to try and recover those keys. There was a, there was a few weeks back ago. Now, Killian and Dervla, they're, they're, they're angels to look at, but Anyway, they're still good kids, but they like to take our keys and hide them in different places in the house. And once or one time or another, we've caught them putting the keys into the trash or an Irish word into the bin. Excuse me. Sometimes I'm in America too long. Into the bin. They throw the keys in the bin. And there was one time we couldn't find the keys anywhere. We searched high and low. I had to get out. I took out all the, the bin bags. I searched through all the bin bags, through all the diapers, went looking, couldn't find the keys anywhere. Sarah said, Sarah said, I definitely brought in the keys. The door, the door of the car was locked. And it was the only set of keys that we had. And so I had to call a recovery truck to take it to the dealership so that the dealership might have, be able to get an extra set of keys. And anyway, we get there and the dealership lets us know that the keys were actually locked inside in the car. So my beautiful wife, thank you so much, left those keys inside and we locked the door and it was inside in it. And sometimes you can work with such an effort to try and just recover something that was yours in the first place. Isn't there nothing more frustrating than trying to work to get back to what you, you felt was yours in the first place? 
You know, some, for some of you, it could be a health situation. You could be battling something in your body, in your health. And instead of when you're working towards maybe improving your fitness or improving your health, you're working, trying to recover yourself back to a place that you believe was rightfully yours in the first place. For some people in the room, it could be a sense of calling inside in your life. You felt God called you at a season, at a moment, at a time in your life, that you felt that God had a call upon your life. And because of circumstances, because of situations, you felt that that call went missing. And you've all your life been trying to recover that moment that you could get back to that calling. There could be, it could be many things. It could be decisions that you made that you regret. Maybe it's a decision that compromised your name or your integrity. Maybe it was a business decision that you wish you hadn't made and there's consequences that, uh, that, that came out of that decision and you have spent some seasons and some times trying to recover things that just get you back to the place that, that you were first at. And now this is important, church, because, because I think that a topic we talk about a lot in church is how, how, how we, that God is able to, to help us in our fears. God is able to help us, um, in our times of doubt. But you know that there's something that is very important too. I believe God is also, also there for us in our frustration. God is also there for us in our seasons of frustration. You know, since I've become senior pastor, I've become way more acquainted with fear in the last few months. I'm like every morning, God, if you don't show up, I'm a goner. Just help me, Lord. But for the first season of my life, I think one of the big things that I dealt with was not so much fear, but it was frustration. It was frustration maybe that things didn't happen fast enough or that I couldn't get things that I felt were, 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 were supposed to be where they're at. A season of frustration. And can I ask you, church, this morning, maybe as you've gone through COVID, maybe as you've gone through different seasons in your life, you say, I'm not necessarily fearful, but I'm just frustrated at the situation that I'm in in my life. Can God not only just give you faith for your fear, but let me tell you this morning, God can give you faith for your frustrations as well. He can give you faith for your frustrations as well. And it's interesting because the process that Saul would go on to recover these donkeys, we just read it. He's going on a journey. I mean, he's going up mountains. He's going into valleys. He's on high points. He's in low points. He's going through the mountains of Ephraim, through Shalish, Shalim, the Benjamites, all these places. But every time they search, they find that those donkeys are not there. They're not in the place that he hoped that they would be. Every destination he goes to, he's hoping that he'll recover what's lost. But every time he goes, he can't find what he's looking for. And isn't it amazing that at times in our life, when we go searching to recover things that are lost in our life, it seems the, the harder we try and the further the distance that we go searching, it seems like we're getting further and further and further away from recovering what was taken from us. And this is what Saul's experience is life like. And he gets to this moment that he steps back and he says, Now, we better turn back. We better turn back to the, my, to, to the father's house because we've spent so much effort and energy and emotion that we, we, at this point in time, maybe it's better that we just return back to the father because he's probably more worried about us than his lost donkeys. And church, I, I want to speak this because I believe this is a word that God has for somebody in the house this morning, is that oftentimes as Christians, oftentimes as Christians, we can, we can live in this state of recovery. 
We can live in the state of trying to recover what the enemy has taken, what the enemy has allowed to be taken out of our lives. And just as they're about to head back, they're reminded that in this city, there is a man of God. Hallelujah, there is a man of God in this city. What a beautiful reputation. There is a man of God in this city. Now, I just wonder, in a city like Cork City, where we know that there is challenges and there's difficulties in your workplace, in your community, as you go through your drive through do you have a reputation that when people are experiencing loss in their lives, that they know that there is a man of God in the city? There is a man of God that they can turn to and say, I don't know why we are going through what we're going through. I don't understand the loss that I'm facing in my life, but I know somebody. They go to that church up there in, in the Cork City Centre called Court, Court Church, and they've got a man when the valley is real and the and the times are tough and the lockdowns are happening and all these things are. They've still got a smile on their face because their life is built on something greater than just the circumstances that exist in their life. There's something more there. I know that even in the middle of this, there is a man of God in this city. Thanks be to God that there's a man of God. God, men of God and women of God who are in this church who stand and deliver God's word week in and week out and have something to say from the heart of God. But then before they go back, they go, no, there is a man of God in the city. There is somebody that we can go to uh, to hear from the word of God. And I believe ultimately, when you look at Samuel, he's a picture of Christ here in the Old Testament. They recognize that they are hopeless, that no matter how hard they, they, they try to find those lost donkeys, they can't recover those donkeys. They, but now they go to their only hope. There's a man of God. There is somebody that we can turn to in our hour of need. They didn't recover their donkeys, but I want you to see this this morning. They found a deliverer. They found a deliverer. They couldn't get the recovery, but they found a deliverer. And you know, so many people, I believe this morning, that have that testimony in their own life. Man, maybe you, you, you found yourself running from things, searching for things, and you couldn't recover it, but you did find a deliverer in the middle of it. You did find somebody who was a deliverer. And so I believe that this is what happens here is they find a deliverer. They find redemption. Look what verse 19 to verse 20 says of 1 Samuel uh, chapter 9. Verse 19 and 20 says, And Samuel answered Saul, and he said, I am the seer, or I am the prophet, the man of God. So they come into contact with Samuel, and he, he identifies himself as the man of God, the prophet. And he says now to, to Saul and to his servant, Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. Now watch what verse 20 says. But as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious for them, or do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and all of your father's house? There's a beautiful picture of redemption in this scripture. See, while Saul was out looking for 
his donkeys and he was out seeking his donkeys, God was seeking out Saul. Isn't it beautiful? While, while, while you have been out, while I was out searching to recover things that were taken in my life, God was seeking after my heart. He was seeking after me. He was looking over. I thought that I needed my health back. I thought I needed some, some opportunity back in my life. I, I, I thought I needed some, some season in my life that I would get that season back again in my life. But God seen something so much more. He seen that I didn't just need it. I needed him. I needed Christ. I needed a living Savior. I needed Jesus inside in my life. And so he seen, he seen as while he was searching for donkeys, God was seeking Saul's destiny. It's amazing, isn't it? This is what Paul says in Romans chapter 3, verse 11. He says, there's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks after God. Even when we weren't even seeking after God, God was still seeking after us. Beautiful. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Hallelujah. God's still in the business of redeeming. God's still in the business of recovering that which was lost. He was in the business. That's amazing because here he comes. Saul comes walking up here to Samuel. And Samuel's like, yeah, yeah, all your donkeys that you're looking for, I've already dealt with that. I've already, I've already recovered those. I've already found those. Those have already been dealt with three days ago they went missing, but now they've been found. What a beautiful picture of the cross. When Jesus went to the cross three days, he was in the tomb. But thanks be to God, he's not in the tomb anymore. He's living. He is alive. He is in his place today. A.W. Tozer says that because of God's omnipresence, every patch of earth is holy ground. God's in this place this morning and he's here with us in this house today. And so we, we see this beautiful picture of redemption taking place in this Old Testament story. Jesus is the one who's still in the business of recovery. He leaves the 99 in open country and he seeks after that one which is lost. God's after your heart this morning. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what mistakes you've made in your life. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. Jesus is seeking you this morning. He's after your heart. He wants to reveal himself to you in all the glory and all the splendor. He wants to reveal himself to you today. And he's altogether beautiful. I want to tell you today that you might be in a in a place in your life where you're dealing with anxiety and pain and loss in your life, but it's not the end of your story. Can you say amen to that? It's not the end of your story. Today may be the opportunity that you get a fresh revelation of the redemption of God and so much more that he's got in store for you inside in your life. Now I want to bring us to this interesting piece of scripture today that kind of blew me away in context to this, this, this passage that we're reading from. Now if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Exodus chapter 13. And I want to read a few verses of scripture that I came across as I was kind of just researching the donkeys of the, of the Bible. There's an amazing, there's an amazing line with donkeys uh, that go through uh, the Bible. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 11, 14, I want to show you this. It says this, it says, And it shall be when the Lord brings you into the land of of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your fathers, and gives it to you, that you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb. That is every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord. Now watch this. Verse 13 says, But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, 
then you shall break its neck. Seems kind of harsh, but that was the, that was the two things there. You shall redeem it, lamb, and if you shall not redeem it, then you shall break its neck. And all the firstborn of man among your sons you shall redeem. So it shall be when your sons asks you in time to come, saying, What is this that you shall say to him? By strength of the hand of the Lord brought us out of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. Now this is, this is right here in the middle as God is instituting the first Passover, as God is, is taking the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, and he's about to bring them into, bring them through the Red Sea. They're going to go through a season of wilderness, and then they're going to go into the promised land. And as God is about to do this, this is the last plague that's going to come on Pharaoh and all of his house that have been holding the children of Israel bondage. And in this last plague, it's going to be the death of the, of the firstborn. But God puts a provision in there that if they take the blood of a lamb and they put it over the doorpost, that when the angel of death, according to scripture, comes through, that everybody in that household uh, would be saved. Now he's instituting this Passover that would carry on right through the Old Covenant, through the Old Testament, that would happen. And it's amazing because, because he's, he's not only just saying this for, 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 these, uh, for the house, but he's saying this for all of the livestock that the children of Israel would own, all of the lambs, all of the cattle, all of the, the livestock that they would have, that they would have to give they'd have to give the firstborn of that animal over to the Lord as a sacrifice um, for the, at the altar. But then he comes and he gives a provision for the donkey. Now this is interesting because there's a great parallel that takes place here. The donkey is an unclean animal. It is an unclean animal. Nobody's going to Casey's tonight to get donkey in your King Creole. You don't, donkey is an unclean animal. It was not qualified as a sacrificial animal. The lamb was a sacrificial animal. The, the, the cattle were, uh, could be used as a sacrificial animal, but the donkey could not be used as a sacrificial animal. But yet the donkey was, a, was, was something of importance. It was something of value. It was something that was, was sought after uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, um, as a possession for the children of Israel. And so God, in the instituting of this law of the firstborn, he puts a provision in here that, that, uh, that he puts a provision here that a donkey could be redeemed by a lamb. Now, this is interesting because I know that New Covenant is preached so spectacularly in this church in an incredible way. But this is such a picture of covenant right here is that although this donkey was an unclean animal, there was a provision in it that that which was a clean animal, a lamb, that that donkey could be redeemed in the giving of the lamb. And we know today that Jesus is the ultimate lamb of God. That John the Baptist, when he seen Jesus coming up over the mountain, he said, behold, the lamb of God, God who takes away the sins of the whole world. We see covenant at work in a beautiful way. Think of these other scriptures in context to that. In Genesis chapter 49, verse 10 to 11, it says, Jacob prophesies concerning the tribe of Judah, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, binding his foal, or, or in other words, a donkey to the vine, and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. In other words, that unclean animal to the choice vine, which would ultimately 
ultimately be the Lamb of God in Christ. He washes his garments in wine and his robe in the blood of graves. In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 to 10, which we always read when it comes to Palm Sunday, of Zechariah 9, verse 9 to 10 says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey. And we take this righteous scripture and we get to Luke chapter 19, where Jesus is making his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. And he comes into Bethany by the Mount of Olivet. And as he comes in there, he sets his disciples and he says, there's a donkey in the village that is opposite to you. I want you to go to that donkey and I want you to go get it. It actually just says it like this, go into the village opposite you, where whereas you enter, you will find a cold tide on which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you loosing it? Thus you shall say, because the Lord has need of it. I believe this morning that God is about to loose some donkeys in this place this morning. That there has been some people and you've been trying to recover things that have been lost inside in your life. And this morning will be the day that maybe God would speak into your life. And it's time to say, let that thing go. Let that thing be loose in Jesus' name. That belongs to the Lord. You may never see that again, but that belongs to the Lord. God's going to recover that in his own timing. Why do I say that? Because when you look at at 1 Samuel chapter 9, the donkeys have such a pivotal role in Saul's story, but Saul never comes in contact with those donkeys. Think about that for a moment. How much concern these donkeys had with Saul, but Saul actually never comes into contact with those donkeys ever again. And sometimes, church, there may be some things that in this life that we have lost, but I want you to know today that Jesus has still recovered everything, everything that the dreadest locusts of Eden, he is a redeemer. He is a, he takes those things back. And one day we're going to stand in glory together, amen. And we're going to stand and we're going to shout and everything that was once taken from us, we're going to see it right before us in this place. But there will be times in life where we might not get that season back in our life. It's true. We might never get that youthfulness back again. I remember as a, you know, 19, 20-year-old kid, I used to love soccer. Then I played my last soccer game before I moved to America and I blew out my knee. I'd love to get my old knee back again, but I might never get my knee back again in this life. But thanks be to God, he's still with me, he still loves me, he's still for me. And there's some things that I may never get back in this moment in life. But there's a new season that God has brought bringing me into. There's a new, there's a new, there's a, something fresh and new that God's bringing him into. And when Saul comes to him, when uh, Saul comes to Samuel, and he comes to Samuel, he's like, yeah, those donkeys that you have been searching for and looking for, they're dealt with. I've dealt with that. But there's something for you, Samuel. There's something that I want to speak into your life. God is more interested in his wandering children than wandering donkeys. He says, but as your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them for they have been found. He wants to move. Listen, church, this is the essence of the message this morning. God wants to move us as the children of God from recovery into discovery. He wants to move us from a place of always trying to recover something into discovering the beauty that his mercies are new every single morning. Aren't they beautiful every single morning? The mercies of God are wonderful every morning. And when we're in a state of recovery all our life, we can never think about what the future has for us. We can never think about the fact that he's the mediator of a better covenant. That the best days are yet to come for Cork Church. 
Like the best days for this nation are still ahead of us. Thank God for Summer Fire Conference. I've seen the videos. I've seen the reports. God is still on the move. I've seen the worship team this morning. Man, they, these are young people on this stage who love Jesus and are worshiping the Lord. Thank God for what he did in the golden oldie days. Amen, Gav, wherever you are in the house this morning. But thanks be to God that he's got a great work ahead for this church. There's something special inside the house. And if you're here today and you've just been trying to recover things that have been taken in your life, you may be on the verge of missing for something very special that God is trying to reveal to you in your life today. His mercies are new, new giftings, new anointing. Think about what Saul begins to say to Samuel, or Samuel begins to say to Saul now. He begins to speak over life. Is it not on you that the desire of all of Israel is? And he begins to bring Saul in and he brings him to a feast. He's prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies where everything that we need for our life and for godliness, he's provided for us. He says, come in and feast with me for a little while. Come in and feast with me. And then he comes in the beginning of chapter 10. He anoints Saul. He anoints him as the king. He gives him a status of royalty. He gives him a status in the, in, the, in the kingdom as royalty. And then he anoints his head with oil. It's a picture of the Holy Spirit, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Listen, church, the whole gifts of the Holy Spirit are available for us this morning. He's brought us into his banqueting table and his, and his banner over us is love today. Oh, come on, let's give God praise in the house today. He's so wonderful. He's so beautiful. Think of what he's done for our lives. He wants to take us from recovery to discovery. Gary Wilkerson says it like this. He says, it's not that Christians today are not grateful for God's blessings. Our problem is that many of us stop there. Many of us stop at just being grateful. But there's something that God wants to do today inside our lives, fresh and new. And Voskamp, she says it like this. Jesus is not merely useful. He's ultimately beautiful. And in our lives, we can come, we can show up at court church on a Sunday morning and our, our hope is, man, man, I've just been coming in, I've been going through a difficult week and I'm hoping that I'll just, I'll get a, just my joy back inside of my life. Well, thanks be to God, there is joy inside in the house. But God's also got a, a word for you this morning. He's also got something to speak into your life that he wants to, to speak into your life. Let me close with this story and then we'll wrap it up. Worship team, you can get ready if you want to close us out in another song of worship. I've been so blessed be in the house this morning. So blessed by the worship, so blessed by the presence of the Lord. Thanks be to God for it. I want to share a little bit of a story to wrap this up. And um, when we, when we move, I don't believe I've shared a story here, but I, when we, but when we moved from, uh, from Cork here to Florida, I was born in the States so I had an automatic uh, citizenship in the United States. I had a dual citizenship. I always tell Sarah she married me for the green card. So she came and she, uh, she, we, when she married me, she had to go through a process, a visa process to get the green card. And so it was about a year long. It was a, a strange, Sarah was here. I was living in Jacksonville and we were just going through this process. Eventually, after about a year, the green card came through. And so this little card, this little green card comes through. And so... We just kept, we just, she kept it in her purse and um, they, they actually tell you that you're supposed to keep it on you. And so she had kept it on her, in her purse and we were away doing a day of ministry. We were doing prison ministry in Florida and we came home late one night and we got home and we just went into the house. We were tired and we just got, got in and we, and we went into bed and forgot about everything. But we forgot to lock the door that night. 
uh, in the, of the car. And we woke up the mor- in that morning, our car had been gone through. The glove compartment was open. Everything was taken out. And we realized that Sarah's purse was taken. Now, there was everything in there, cash, cards, everything. But the thing that we valued the most inside of that was the green card. Because we knew that if that green card was gone, that we were going to have to go through that whole process all over again. And so we are like, we are distraught at what has, ha- has happened. We begin to turn over everything. We, I, I go down the street that I'm living in. I begin to search in all the, the bushes. We call the police. I go to the local grocery stores asking, has anybody turned in a purse? We're looking for this green card that's come. The police show up. They take a report. Uh, they go through uh, and uh, do a little bit of an investigation. Again, I go out maybe two or three more times and I'm looking and I'm searching and I'm looking everywhere trying to, trying to recover this green card that's gone missing. We searched all day for it. And eventually we gave up. We gave up. We said, it's gone. That's it. We're just going to have to deal with this. And this was a tough moment for us. And I remember we gave up and then we remembered that there's a man of God in the city. We remembered that if God is for us, then who can be against us? We remember that in all of our searching and in all of our seeking that we hadn't consulted God once in all of us. I know this might sound like in, in the motion of it, you just go through things, but we had searched all day, but we had not prayed about it. And this was one of these moments that you have in your life where you just recognize the sovereignty and the beauty of God. We sit there and we just get together and we just get on the couch and we just say, God, Lord, we just pray, Lord, you'd help us discover, get back this, this, this green card. We need this green card back, this visa card back. Lord, we just put this into your hands. We'll be anxious about it no more. We leave it in your hands. It was a very simple prayer. And Sarah be here. Sarah's here. She'll testify to the story. We literally said amen, and there was a knock on the door. There was a knock on the door. And I go up, and I open up the door, and I just like slang open the door. And the person thinks I'm about to mug them or something because I'm so, like, I swing the door open so much. And she gets a fright at the door, and she was like, I was just walking my child down the road, and I came across this card. It's got your address on it. And I was just thinking, maybe, maybe this might belong to you guys. And we just went out there. We hugged her. We were like, hallelujah. We've got our green card back. He's come true for us in a very special way. It was his delivery system. God has a delivery system. Delivered it right to our door, better than Grubhub or Uber Eats or whatever it is you use. There it was right in front of us. You know what our response to that is? What can you do at a moment like that? All you can do is just worship God. All you can do is just stand to your feet and just say, Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy of all. God, there's not one thing, there's not one little thing in our lives that you're not concerned about or able to work out in our lives. God, you're in the small things and you're in the big things. God, you're in the middle when I'm thinking about what what college I'm going to go to. God, you're in the middle when I'm considering who's going to be my spouse. God, you're in you're in the middle when I'm when I'm thinking about my future. God, you're in the middle when I'm going through a health crisis. God, you're in the middle when I'm going through a business difficulty. God, you're in the middle of everything that's 
going on in my life. And can I tell you, church, my hindsight tells me that God is going to be faithful in whatever comes next. He is faithful, church. I'm here to tell you all the ways from Jacksonville, Florida today. I may have grown up in this church. He may have had to send me away, but he's brought me back this morning just to testify of his goodness, just to testify of his faithfulness, just to tell you that he's still alive, just to tell you he's still saving people. He's saving people here. I see the reports of what's taking place. I see what's happening in Feed Cork and the wonderful reports of what God is doing in this house. But I tell you what, he's a global God. He's, he's doing it in India, and he's doing it in China, and he's doing it in the, in the lost communities in America as well. I'll tell you what, right around this world, we need a revival. Can you say amen to that? But revival is coming to the church once again. These are not the days for us to look back and say, oh, if we could get back. No, these are the days for us to look ahead and say there's a glorious future ahead. That darkness may abound, but his grace is going to abound more so. The best days are ahead for this church. Could you stand to your feet today. And as you stand to your feet, maybe just give God glory in this house one more time. He's the mediator of something better. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Sometimes, sometimes your destiny, it's a donkey's destiny we're talking about. Sometimes that thing that our purpose in life, it sometimes comes camouflage something so simple as trying to find things that we're trying to get back inside in our life. But this morning, maybe God brought you here. Maybe you came to church because you were looking for something else to say. But God's just bringing you back to his feet again. He's bringing you back to this place. He's the redeemer. And Jesus, what a picture. Jesus riding into Jerusalem to pay for the sins of all mankind. And he's riding on a donkey. It's just a reminder, the lamb for the donkey, the pure for the unpure, the clean for the unclean, the righteous for the unrighteous, beauty for, for, for a donkey absolutely beautiful come on let's lift our hands to the Lord across every eye closed just lift your hand could you just be grateful to the Lord for a moment thank him begin to worship him begin to lift up your voice and just begin to say God you're worthy God you're faithful Lord you've never left me and you won't forsake me God I don't understand everything that's going on in my life but Jesus I know that you've got it oh, you've got it it's in your hands Lord you've finished the work you've completed a course on the cross now God we trust you we believe you we rest on you and we worship you for your faithfulness and goodness in our lives. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com. Or just check out our website, www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.